0: Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each week, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive healthcare, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube, and on our website at ProChoiceOhio.org. The program also airs each Friday morning at 9 on WGRN 94.1 in Columbus, Ohio. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Ohio. Enjoy the show! Welcome back to Parenting During a Pandemic. This is the third of our series. Um, The initial plan was to have this just be for the summer months, but as it turns out, this pandemic seems to be going on a little bit longer. So we'll see what the rest of the year brings us for our Parenting During a Pandemic series. Um, My name is Kelly Freeman. I'm the State Field Manager for NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Uh, I have with me uh, Greta Colley, who is also on the NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio staff. She's my new co-host because um, our program manager, Ashley Underwood, has moved on to bigger and better things. Uh, and then we also have Representative Brent. Um, representative, would you like to introduce yourself, talk about where you represent um, and what brought you to office? Hi, everyone. My name is Juanita Brent. I
1: just happen to be a state representative for our House District 12, which includes um, a part of Cleveland and the southeast. Suburbs of um, Cuyahoga County, which is in the northern part of Ohio. For those who aren't familiar, where Cleveland is, but um, I'm so excited to to be here and to be talking about this deal. And um, it just is. I feel like I'm here for a time like this. We are dealing with very unusual situations during this pandemic, and just figuring out ways on how we can best serve the people because we've all have fallen to situations that has been under our control and things that haven't been under our control. And right now during this pandemic, we have a lot of people who are not able to control the narrative of their lives, particularly when it comes to their finance because of the pandemic. And so that's where we, as a government, as a state, have to step up to help people during this time period. And so those are just the one of the many reasons why I'm even in office right now because I want to see how make sure the government is stepping up for everyone, the little people. Um, and even if you prior to the big people, but when government should be stepping in, I want to be part of that solution.
0: Absolutely, and we appreciate you being part of a government that works for its people. Um, Greta is one of the other staff uh, that is also a parent, uh, and a parent to be again. Um, Greta, do you want to introduce yourself a little
2: bit uh, more in depth? Sure. Um, my name is Greta, and I'm the administrative assistant at NARAL, so sort of a bit of Jack of all trades. I have a four-year-old daughter and I'm expecting due in January. So there has been a lot of parenting, um, a lot of preparation during this pandemic, and a lot of working from my home. So all of these different issues between housing and being a parent during this crazy time um, really are important to me. So we'll be focusing on House Bill 744.
0: Can you outline your um, house, what House Bill 744 uh, does?
1: So first of all, I always like to tell people the inspiration for the bill. One thing that a lot of people don't realize is that everyone's unemployment claims now are going through their local legislator's office. So we are seeing everyone's concerns about housing. We know that um, people are still having unemployment issues all the way back from March from when this pandemic first hit. And some people's unemployment has not came through. Um, so a lot of people's incomes have been affected tremendously through a lot of times no fault of their own. And during this pandemic, the hardest thing hit for anybody is concerning about housing. Because we know during this pandemic, this is be the worst time to be homeless. It's, it's hard to be homeless any, anyway. But just for the sake of public health, we definitely don't need even more people homeless right now. So the bill itself, House Bill 744, is the Eviction Crisis Response Act. It's basically, um, it's a way for people to help with rental assistance program. Um, we have this wonderful thing called the Rainy Day Fund that everyone keeps talking about, but no one is using. Well, the land is dry, we need some rain. And so this bill will actually use $269 million um, of the cash from the 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 rainy day fund is called the budget stabilization fund to um to help towards this program
2: how does this housing bill account for children and for people on disability or in drug or alcohol recovery and how would it interact with section 8 housing
1: so what it what it is going to do is it's going to be based off of people's income and people who have been affected um proportionally up by that so if you have children i mean this is this bill is going to be there to help you if you've been affected by that also for people who are disabled or in drug recovery centers, um, and also when it comes to our Section 8, it will help to Section 8 to a certain extent because some people's income have not been affected by COVID at all, so your this program is going to make sure that there is some type of check and balance system to make sure that you qualify for it. There have been similar programs that have been interact interacted within on the federal level already, but they've had limited funds, so they have not had as many funds as we're trying to allocate in this program. Um, so you could receive if you are on Section 8 if you show that your income has been affected because of the pandemic.
0: Uh, and kind of in that uh, a different vein, but not dissimilar, there's been a sharp increase in homeless youth in Ohio in the last over the last few years. Um, Do these bills include any relief for Ohioans who are already housing insecure, especially for young people? Yes, very much yes.
1: One thing we, we realize is that when you have people who run into housing situations, especially our most vulnerable are our younger people, our young teens, 17, 18, you actually increase the levels of human trafficking. So as much as we're talking about this pandemic, we also have to talk about human trafficking, Um, during this time period. And that happens a lot of times to younger people because of the lack of housing. So this bill actually would, it would actually set up a rental assistance program that um, will actually be administered smoothly through this process. So even for younger children or people who are disabled, they be able to benefit from this too.
2: Great. And um, going along talking about younger people and children, um, what can we do to help keep families physically together when they're experiencing housing insecurity, as opposed to making the difficult choice to separate between different scarce housing options? Um, How can we help avoid this and displacement that youth might feel in this kind of situation? And, uh, you know, how is this bill incorporated for the family as a whole?
1: The Eviction Crisis Response Act needs to be something that needs to be implemented not even just during a pandemic, but just all the time because if we're really talking about keeping families together putting taking someone out of their home and then putting them into a homeless shelter or you know or some type of transitional housing is not the key to that we have to make sure that housing is affordable as a state and and that's something that we really need to address and then we also need to be making sure our minimum wage is a livable wage I know that is Definitely outside of the reins of this bill, but because we did not take care of making sure Ohioans have affordable housing and that the minimum wage is a livable wage. And if people are already making less than what it already needs to take to just have a one bedroom apartment within the state of Ohio, then how would you expect people to even get through a pandemic when they even have less income than normal? So that, that's. Some of the ways that we can help avoid it, just what we can do here as a state, um, we also have to just look at, you know, where are the jobs at, and figure out how we can connect people with resources with jobs that can allow them to be to work safely at home. Like right now, as a state rep, I feel as though um, we get the the privilege of working from home. That's not everyone's situation. And for those who do have to work outside of the home, making sure they have secure jobs where PPE is being provided. I just talked to two nursing homes where their employees told me they have to wear the same mask every day for a week. And how do we talk about people who, who are dealing with this housing problem if we are not addressing the jobs that they, they currently work at? Because it allows you to be more exposed to being sick. If it's not COVID, it'll be something else. And if you get sick, that's mean you're not working. And we are not a state that doesn't provide FMLA, family medical leave. So if something happens to you, or paid leave, excuse me, paid leave. So if something happens to you, but you don't have paid leave, then how are you taking care of yourself as well as your family? So this issue of dealing with eviction is an ongoing situation. So this is just, this Eviction Crisis Response Act, I feel as though it's a small piece of the bigger thing of trying to keep families together.
0: So, kind of veering away from what we, the direction we were going on. what resources are there uh, already out there for people facing housing dilemmas at the local and state level?
1: So the housing network within each county, each county has received so much allocation of money on a federal level to receive some type of resources already. The thing is that that money that was received has gone so quickly. Um, there's also been money that through each county, all 88, 80, 88 of our counties for utilities. Um, there's been some money allocated for child care not much but the reality is is that we have a broad uh, access to broadband issue where people do not have access to internet or we have people who um just can't afford to have internet service at all so we're telling people to go online during the middle of a pandemic because the libraries are closed and they're not able to use those local computers to sign up for this so it becomes a thing of who already has access to get these resources um i've had people tell me they were sitting in the, their their car somebody else was car in front of the library trying to have access to internet. So there are resources that are very limited, but if you don't have access to internet or access to a computer, then that can be a huge barrier to sign up for these resources right now within the state of Ohio.
2: So switching gears to talk a little bit about reproductive choice, um, the support systems necessary to parent are often overlooked access to housing is a necessity for reproductive choice to be a reality. And so how might you explain this to a legislator or a colleague who needs help connecting the two?
1: When people talk about supporting reproductive choices, you have to give people their independence of choice. And I think that's the biggest thing is a lot of times we'll try to particularly you'll try to say women like, oh, you need to go somewhere else, or you need to go be with other people. And we have to give people the choice and empowerment to still stand and be on their own and be in their type of access to independent housing. So that really has to be the the key issue about what we need to be working on. Just like you have to have choice for reproductive choice, you have to give people the choice to have independent housing. It's very important. It's just giving people the access to stability and affordable housing and resources. So it's very vital for reproductive choices to be a reality right now. And for that to continue to still be an option for people even during a pandemic.
0: And before I worked at this uh, job, I actually worked in an abortion clinic and I know Greta has as well, Uh, and oftentimes patients who are seeking an abortion are doing so in part because they're housing insecure. Clinics like ours have uh, keep resources for housing options readily available because housing insecurity is often identified by clients as a barrier to continuing a pregnancy. So how could we remove this barrier when someone is considering all of their pregnancy options? Just by
1: increasing the amount of supportive and transitional housing shelters available for, uh, for, for people. I'm not even gonna say just for women, but for people. Um, and that increases the quality and affordable housing. So we need more affordable housing. Rental options um, can help remove this barrier and rental options that are accessible to public transit. So they almost have to go hand in hand with everything. They have to be, you know, reasonable in cost, quality, affordable housing. And they need to be near public transit. Here within the state of Ohio, we, we have the 14th highest ridership within the nation. But when it comes to the money we actually put into our public transit, we are only 45 in the nation. The amount of people to how much we're investing is not equaling up. And also even when it comes to affordable housing, that's not equaling up. So these are just some huge barriers that we have to deal with, um, particularly with it being a pandemic. That should have been the first thing we should have been doing is opening up more transitional housing shelters for women and their children. That has not happened. And we as a state have really failed the people we serve by not opening up more um, transitional housing shelters for women.
0: I actually did not know that Ohio's ridership on public transit was- was so high. Uh, if anti-abortion legislators really were pro-life isn't this something they should be focusing on rather than banning abortion?
1: You know, people say that they're pro they're anti-choice and I don't even like to call them pro-life I think they're anti-choice we agree they're, but they're not anti they're not pro-life because you talk about they're pro-birth and they're the difference and so sometimes people say they're pro-birth but people want people to have babies but they're not particularly trying to give people resources for when that that child or that family exists when they're there so you can't tell me you're pro-life like you you can't say you want people to, to have babies but then you don't want to help support the cause sorry to correct you I know we're we're both fighting on the same side but i I refuse to call it in pro-life their pro birth.
0: No, I appreciate that. We That question was more chung, tongue-in-cheek than anything. We <laughs> also use anti-choice instead.
1: <laughs> you know, when people say like, hey, we want, you know, women, even our governor was like, hey, 2020 is going to be a year. We're going to have a boom of babies because everyone is at home. But just even people being at home right now could be just be a nightmare within itself. The same ones that are pushing this agenda for people to have babies are not the same ones who are pushing for funding for affordable housing, for public transportation, equal pay for equal work, pay family leave, FMLA, all those things that we need for these pro-lifers that they say they are, because they're just really pro-birthers. But after that baby comes, they're not concerned about what happens to you and your family.
2: I really appreciate the strength in choosing that language and the term anti-choice and also the way that you bring up all the different intersecting issues. Um, you know, I can say from personal experience, I am live in a two parent household, but a a one car household. Um, And -hmm. so choosing a community and housing rentals, um, all of those things definitely really resonate with me. And thank you for bringing them up. Are there protections for people who are currently living in a rental in their communities and are threatened with eviction? Um, Are there repercussions for landlords who are still proceeding with actions or attempts? I know you talked a little bit about this and sort of that that is what the main goal of Um, this legislation is, but any other thoughts on that? I I get back to my point that we as a state have failed
1: you guys. I I, I like to push forward with the truth. You have to shame yourself to be able to get better. But we have really failed you guys because we only had this eviction moratorium up for like 90 days. And as soon as the moratorium was up, you can look at any housing court. Cleveland has the um, largest housing court within the state. And I talk to the judge over who's over that court all the time. There's tons of people, hundreds of people who are being evicted every day, every day. Um, I just had a constituent who lives in Maple Heights, which is a suburb of Cleveland. We as a state have failed her and we had not paid her her unemployment since March. I went physically over to her house. I know it's a pandemic, went physically over to her house to meet up with her landlord to give her a letter saying we failed her and this is why she's not been able to pay her her rent. She had three little kids. We really have failed people. We put in systems to try to give people some type of rental assistance, but it's not enough. Like it's too many people. Like it's, it's not it's not enough. There's never enough money to help with this because the system has failed. The unemployment system has failed Ohio's people. We have failed you as legislators. The state has failed you. As people, So the system is not there like it should be, even though there's a utility assistance, there's some rental assistance, but it's not enough money. As soon as they get the money, the money's gone. Like, so you're going to see tons of people who are going to be evicted. You're going to see more and more people who are going to be in their cars. I've talked to one of my police chiefs. They're finding more people who are sleeping in their cars. And these are people who were living like the nice suburban dream and they're in their cars. How Sad is that during a time where we should really be dependent upon each other and be more gracious to toward each other during a pandemic, and we're to the point where people in the middle of this hot summer sleeping in their cars. So we have just—I always tell people—we have failed you guys as a state, and I want people to hear that from my mouth.
0: I appreciate the self-awareness as a legislature, even though if uh the state's not doing so well with regards to um relief or resources for its residents uh is there any relief on the horizon at the federal level? <laughs> I can't talk about
1: on a federal level. I'm not a congressperson. I'm just a little state rep um, who's just trying to do their job. But um, I will say this just to get back with the state for the people who are sitting at home and feeling like, oh, my goodness, I have no help, no hope. If you do get evicted, just remember you have 30 days from your actual legal Eviction to move out. So that is what the, the state law. Now municipalities can go for like that three-day rule, but then within the state, we do have the thirty-day rule. And if you just really wanted to take it to the man, get an attorney. I one thing I hear from other attorneys and even judges, if you are going through any type of eviction proceeding, you know, get you a public public defender, which are basically free attorneys that you can utilize for yourself. Um, go to the Ohio Legal Aid. They have a wonderful program for those who are dealing with eviction right now, and they're actually helping people get it connected with pro bono attorneys, you know, people just have to really just be aware of the system that we are living in right now.
2: And, you know, we're through this conversation talked about just procuring housing. um, And that can be difficult enough for some individuals, but how can the state or us as a community ensure that the housing people are able to secure is quality housing as well? Um, How do we keep landlords accountable for substandard housing quality and living standards?
1: Um, you definitely have to go through your local community through the housing and building department. That is definitely the, the quickest way for them to, um, to if you notice something within your community, go through your housing department. Or you can even go through organizations such as different commissions within your community. And every community is just different. But your housing department within your community is probably your first act.
0: I know that uh, legal aid has been very helpful here in Columbus. Um, I'm sure they're helpful. I hope they're helpful in the rest of the state. Um but what can people who are watching, supporters of House Bill 724, uh, us as individuals, do to see your bill go further? Maybe even- Oh,
1: that is is always the best question to ask. I I really appreciate that. So outside of being in contact with me or Rep Leland, I'm actually going to give you the information for um, our Speaker of the the House, Speaker Cup. He's only been in office as the Speaker probably less than a month now. Email him at rep04 at OhioHouse.gov. When you email him, say, House Bill 744, time is up. People need to be able to stay in their home. Um, So again, those who are listening underneath the sound of my voice, it's House Bill 744. You're gonna send an email to rep04 at ohiohouse.gov. It's so important that you send it directly to the speaker of the house because he is the only one who can bring this bill to the floor. Um, When people ask about like why... Is it so important on who the Speaker of the House is? Because they set the agenda for the entire chamber of the Ohio House. So he has to be the one that has to bring it to the floor.
0: Has that bill gone through com- committee or been assigned um, to a committee?
1: So we've actually been on recess. All this mess going on within the state of Ohio, we've been on recess this entire time. And it's almost embarrassing because we have not been taking care of the people we've been elected to to take care of as a whole. And so tomorrow is the first time since he's been elected to office that we will be in session. But if I told you the things that we are voting on tomorrow, you would be upset because none of it is helping the people of Ohio at all. And not to be on a tangent, but we're literally going to be voting on the state fossil fish. We're going to be voting on a holiday to name a holiday. We're going to be voting on to get rid of, to allow um, companies to have immunity so people cannot sue them if they um, feel as though they received COVID because of their jobs. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's I could go on and on about the things that we are voting on, but it's not things that are helping the people. People, underneath the sound of my voice, you may not have experienced homelessness. You maybe have not received any type of loss of income, but there are people who you know they are probably will never tell you that they haven't received a paycheck in a month. They probably have gone to the local food bank or they went to one and there's been a lack of food that are happening. To, they haven't been able to receive any. So the state house needs to take care of its people and it is not doing that. So please email Cup at rep04 at OhioHouse.gov.
0: I will definitely add that to the comments of the Facebook video uh, after we end the webinar. Um, Greta, do you have any further questions?
2: I don't think so at this time. Just I um, would like to say, you know, thank you especially for these closing comments about like um, staying focused on really directly helping people. It's very admirable.
1: No problem. And just for those who are in Ohio who want to get connected to legal aid and you're dealing with an eviction, I'm just going to leave you guys with that phone number real quick too. So that phone number is 614 241 2001 and that's for anybody here within the state of Ohio. They will help you through this process. If you're dealing with eviction, I highly suggest you, you know, call them to receive some type of help. Or you can always, um, you know, and if you're not able to pay you can always contact 211 and that will connect you with the, the legal aid tenant information line. Just so type there, it
0: that So I can include that in my notes too. Yes.
1: So there, there is help. We just have to figure out how we can get that information out to people. Um, because right now, internet feels like a lux- um, luxury when it should be feeling more like a utility where everybody should have access to it.
0: For sure. Um, how would we make it become a utility? I don't know the process for that.
1: <laughs> That's something we're we're trying to push them on the federal level. Because we could definitely do that here on a state level, but it's something I have reached out to multiple you know people, senators, and congress people to to make that so because we're at a time now for those who are at home, you're probably wondering like, well, why should my internet be a utility? like I don't have to have internet, yes, you do from going to the doctor's office to paying your bills to your child learning to you going to work every day, is vital that you have internet at home. And if you don't have internet, you probably are not enjoying this wonderful um, webinar that we're doing right now. So it's, it's vital that has to get passed on the federal level. A lot of times you could probably have each state pass it, but things move very slow state by state. We need some action right now to take care of our people. And just like we have protection to make sure that people's utilities are not being cut off, If uh, internet is considered as a utility, then you would not be able to cut it off just like you cannot cut off water, electric or gas when it's during um, certain times of crisis within a community. And this is a time of crisis where people need their internet to survive. Like it's a thing of survival that people have internet right now. So that's definitely something we need to, to do.
0: Absolutely. And thank you for bringing that up. No well, uh, I don't think we have any further questions. Do you have any closing comments you'd like to um, say to our audience?
1: There, there's so much power in the people. And for us, it exists as a state government. The power is, is totally within the people. If you guys aren't paying your taxes, if you aren't um, living here within our state, if you are not, um, Voting, it changes the proximity of what we can or cannot do. We cannot do anything as legislators without the power of the people. You guys are the reason why we are all here. So do not feel like you have to accept anything that just happens to you as a person that lives and resides within the state of Ohio. The power is within the people. And there are only 132 legislators between the Senate and the House. 132 there's millions of people that live in the state of ohio you cannot tell me that you sitting at home you know more than 132 people ladies you know more than 132 people don't you this is a question to the
0: people on the greta kelly yes i i (laughs) am pretty sure i know more than 132 people (laughs) Imagine
1: if everyone went and grabbed 132 people all across the state. How much power that has when you only have 132 people who are making decisions for the entire state. So I just take that that people need to fight for what's best for their communities and need to hold us all accountable. All of our information from my information to everybody else who's a legislator you can go to OhioHouse.gov or you can go to OhioSenate.gov and you can pull up our emails as well as our phone numbers to our offices. And we still do pick up our phones for offices, even when you're at home. I still get the phone calls and information. But please hold those people who have been elected and you pay your heart on money and that pays these people salaries like myself. Hold us accountable to take care of you every day within the state of Ohio. So thank you so much for this
0: opportunity, ladies. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.